You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God for His purpose, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. Authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin. Hey, that's us. Hey, it is. We're going to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Listen in on real-life conversations with the experts about real issues parents face today and learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world. If you're ready to handle life with grace because you've been in the presence of God, you're in the right place. Here are your hosts, teachers, writers, speakers, moms, and lovers of all things cozy, comfortable, and coffee-related, Brooke and Erin. Hey there, friends. You're listening to episode number 31 of the Million Praying Moms podcast, where each week we're talking about the real issues Christian parents face today. On today's episode, we're going to do our best to tackle a topic that can be sensitive, but that has the power to be really freeing for moms. Erin, I was thinking yesterday about the time before I had children, Uh, maybe even before I was married. There was this season when I really began growing just exponentially as a Christian, just really leaps and bounds in my faith as I studied the Word of God and began to really apply what I was learning. I was full of purpose, and I was really sure of the calling of God on my life, and I was passionate about pursuing him wherever he asked me to go. I was just full of all of this overwhelming joy for serving the Lord. And then I had children. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of changes things, doesn't it? And I remember that feeling too. While my husband and I very much wanted children, and I know you and your husband did too, there is no denying that becoming a mother changed a lot of things for me, including my sense of direction in life. I knew what kind of mother I wanted to be and Uh, Felt like I started following a different kind of mission at that point, but I really couldn't shake the feeling that I wasn't supposed to lose my original mission in the process. Yeah, becoming a mom just really completely kicked my feet out from under me in all the right ways. It helped me reorganize and and reorient and become more dependent on God. And so we're not here to talk to you today about how motherhood ruins everything. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> that is not what no. we're talking about today, but it definitely changes things. I distinctly remember looking at my newborn son, my firstborn, and thinking, what in the world do I do now? Like it just was that clear to me that there was this before and after having my son. Like for the first time, it really wasn't about me anymore um, and, and everything was going to change. I mean, I think, I think we tell these honest stories because becoming a mom really does change a woman. It changes her body. It changes her emotions. It changes her priorities and even sometimes her entire direction in life. But it really shouldn't change her core mission. Right. And it's when we understand what our real mission is that we can begin to find a renewed sense of purpose as moms. And the good news is that if you're a believer in Jesus, your mission is the same as ours. And we'll talk about that in a moment. The way you live out that mission may look different, but the mission at its core stays the same for every believer before or after motherhood. Today's topic is one we're excited about. And while it's targeted a lot toward moms of girls, I personally think that all of you mamas out there listening are going to be challenged to think differently about your mission, your core mission, and how it impacts your children. 
we're going to be talking about following God in ministry and in motherhood, both. It's a both thing. And how doing both, not one or the other, is the very best example for our girls to follow. But before we dive in, let's hear from our sponsor. Did you grow up with Bob, Larry, and the rest of the VeggieTales gang? Now your kids can too with Minnow. Minnow is an ad-free streaming video app designed just for kids with 30 episodes of classic VeggieTales plus thousands of other shows that teach kids about Jesus. You'll feel safe letting your kids choose any show they want to watch on Minnow. You won't have to worry about what might pop up and there aren't any commercials. Visit GoMinnow.com, that's M-I-N-N-O. Use coupon code PRAYINGMOMS to begin your seven-day free trial and start streaming anytime, anywhere on your phone, tablet, TV, or computer. You can even download your favorite shows to go and stream on multiple devices at once. With Minnow, kids discover God in stories they love, and parents find expert help and everyday encouragement as they lead their family in faith. Minnow helps you have the conversations that really matter with your kids so you can experience the goodness of God together. Minnow, stories kids love, values parents trust. Use coupon code PRAYINGMOMS to start your free trial today at GoMinnow, that's M-I-N-N-O, Okay, Erin, let's get going on this. I would say that almost every Christian mom listening today has experienced some type of confusion in purpose and mission that can often come when we start families. Some religious traditions would tell us we have to choose, you know, motherhood or ministry, not both. Others would say motherhood is our only ministry after we have children. And we think the truth might come if we look more closely at what our mission as moms actually is. We've invited someone to be our guest today that we believe does this pretty well and can lead us into a deeper understanding as moms that will impact the way we move forward. Michelle Myers, the founder of She Works His Way, a community for women committed to keep God first as we pursue his call on our lives at home and at work. Michelle, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. I am overwhelmed a little bit by that introduction. Of <laughs> Well, it's, it's always hear- weird to hear yourself talked about, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Of course. So I'm so excited to be here. I am married to James. We've been married for 11 and a half years. We have three kids. Noah is eight, Cole is five, and Shay is three. So two boys and a girl. So we are never bored. Um, My husband is the discipleship pastor at our church. And my, the main work aspect that gets my time now is working with She Works His Way, which you described super well. We are just designed to come alongside women as they are pursuing his call on their lives at home and at work and helping them to marry how that comes together for the glory of God. I love that so much. And that's exactly why we wanted to have you be our guest speaker today, because that's what you do is help women figure out this, uh, this balance or maybe imbalance as some people would say at various times of our, of our lives. So Michelle, I'm sure that you know that there's been a lot of chatter um, well, maybe screaming on the internet lately about the role of women in the church. And, and that's not necessarily what we're here to talk about today. We're not seeking to pinpoint a discussion based around a woman's role in the church. 
But that's not necessarily what we're here to talk about on this particular episode. Today, we'd like to talk about what it's like and why it's important to follow God in ministry and in motherhood, not one or the other. We're assuming lots of things with this particular conversation, um, one of which is that God even calls women to something other than or above motherhood, and that that call doesn't necessarily go away when we give birth. So let's talk about that first. What is God's call for women in general? So God calls all people to himself. We were created in his image and being created in his image, we were created for the purpose of glorifying him. Our lives are to be lives of worship, which worship is not just merely singing a song. It is literally everything that we do being done for the glory of God. And so we were created in his image and to reflect his glory to the world around us. And so each woman has been given a unique seat where God has given her a place of influence, where she has real people in her real life that she can tangibly serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so that's what we're called to do is to be his hands and feet in a world that is broken and desperate for his truth and his hope. Yeah. So in a very real sense of the meaning or or sense of the scripture, we are called to go ye therefore, right? That's what we're all called to do, whether we're male, female, mom, not mom. God has asked us to go and share the gospel. Yeah. And if you want to get really nerdy in the Greek, that go is actually in the present progressive tense, which means that an actual translation of that in English is more accurate as as you are going. And so it is not the command is not actually to go. The command is to make disciples. It is assumed that we're going. Mm -hmm. That is a fantastic point, Michelle. I love that. I actually read, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the books. I I believe the author's name is um, Nick Ripken. He wrote The the Insanity of Obedience Mm. and The Insanity of God. And it talks about, he, he spends a lot of time talking about how every Christian is called to go. Like the, the Bible just assumes that we're going to be obedient to that. God mm-hmm. assumes it, it is not, it shouldn't necessarily be this moment where we're like, oh, I'm supposed to go. We should just be going. That's the way it should be working. So I'm really interested in your personal story, Michelle. How did you know that God had called you to both motherhood and ministry. What did that look like? How did that all unfold in your personal life? So my call to ministry happened when I was 13. I was 13 years old. I was at a student ministry function. My student pastor was talking about something. I don't even remember what he was talking about. I just, this overwhelming presence in a very traditional church of, I felt I am supposed to spend my life serving the Lord in ministry. And I was like, I don't even know what that means because I don't know how to sing. And I don't know that I want to be in foreign missions. And that, that idea is really scary to me at 13 years old. And so what does it look like to be a woman in ministry? And so my dad, ironically enough, I just said, I can't sing, but my dad's a worship pastor. So I had a great conversation with him afterwards. And He was so encouraging to me to let me know, hey, Michelle, listen, whatever you do with the rest of your life, you can do that work to the glory of God. And if you will pour yourself into studying who he is 
and just making yourself as much like him as you possibly can, he will blow you away in the ways that he'll grow you and how he'll use you. So I, from a young age, knew like this is, this is my place. And I wasn't really sure what that meant. Now, to be completely honest with you, motherhood wasn't on my radar at 13. I, I didn't play with dolls growing up. I was not a natural nurturer. I, my sister would play school and house and all those games. And I would play dirty Christian rock star, which to this day, I still don't know what that means to be a dirty Christian rock star, but I played the game all the time. So um, I, 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 I did not have that sense in me. And then part of my testimony is actually that I had an eating disorder and through that came back to the Lord, but was told by a doctor that I would probably never have children. And it didn't really hit me at 19 what that meant, because to me, it was like, well, I, I think that that would probably be a blow to some people, but maybe this is just God being gracious with me to give me this story since that's never really been a desire on my heart. Well, then I met my husband <laughs> and everything changed. <laughs> and it all changed. I had never wanted to be a mom. I had never honestly, really, I, I didn't dream about my wedding. I didn't, I didn't do those things. I was not a gushy romantic girl growing up. And then I met him and he's just such a man of God. And he's unlike me, wanted to be a dad since he was like five and such a godly man. I, I wanted to give, give him children. And I wanted to raise kids with him. I wanted to be a family with him. And the Lord was so gracious to open my womb and we had three kids, but I I didn't feel, I, I knew that I was called to ministry. I was much less sure and honestly really insecure as a mom, just because it was like, if am I already behind? I mean, my friends have been playing with dolls since they were young and I was like the fun babysitter, but you know, not, not the super responsible one. If we're just being honest, <laughs> sorry, if anybody else is listening and I used to babysit your kids, they were always safe and we had a great time, um, <laughs> but this, this was not a natural part to me, but I think my confidence came from the fact that God had called me to this by knowing that motherhood specifically being mom to Noah, Cole and Shay is an assignment that he entrusted only to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He did not entrust someone else with that assignment. He said, mom, Michelle, I want you to be Noah's mom. I want you to be Cole's mom. I want you to be Shay's mom. And so sometimes, especially when we think about ministry and career, that can change over the course of what God calls us to. That can look different in different seasons. But I never have to question his call on my life when it comes to motherhood because he didn't task that to anybody else. And so that's a very special assignment. It is not second rate. It is exclusive. It is a priority assignment that God said, I'm not expecting or entrusting this to anybody else. I, I want you to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's always been the way that I've looked at it when it comes to ministry is ministry can be done wherever I am. And if I were to be gone tomorrow, she works his way would continue. The team would figure it out without me, but my kids would be left without their mom. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that I have a very real call from a very real God to live out his 
ministry and his mission wherever he puts me in life. But he also gave me three very individual, unique assignments that I don't want to squander because he didn't entrust that responsibility to anybody else. Yeah, I love that so much. It, it, it sounds like what you're saying is that you don't see this as an either or assignment. This is a primary assignment or exclusive assignment that God has given to only you. And in the same way to all of our listeners that God has given you this exclusive job description, this exclusive ministry opportunity to your children. So that leads us kind of into the next question, which is, you know, I, I feel like there's been a lot of things over the last year that have that have really convicted me personally anew or afresh. It's not this is not something I'm being convicted about the first time, but it's it's come up again recently that if that if what I believe to be true and what the Bible says is true are two different things, I'm the one that's wrong. Mm-hmm. The Bible is not wrong. I'm the one that's wrong. So if if I'm the one that needs to change, then I got to bring myself under the umbrella and the authority of God's word. And so I'd like to, you know, we've we've kind of danced around this a little bit, and we've uh, and we've touched on it a little bit. But I'd like to get really clear about what the Bible says about ministry and motherhood. If our primary or maybe exclusive is is the better word, call is to be a mom. And if that is our exclusive ministry and no one can do that, no one can take our place in that, then where does other ministry outside of our home come in? And how does that play into or change or enhance our ministry in the home? Right. So let me make everybody uncomfortable real fast and talk about the Proverbs 31 woman because everybody hates her. But truthfully, the Proverbs 31 woman, you know, I don't know how we got it twisted that this godly woman, this virtuous woman that we read about in Proverbs was only at home. She was in the marketplace. She was in the vineyards. She was selling in the marketplace, but then also supplying things to the tradesmen. So there was an ministry element to the work that she was doing. She had help. She had maidens, which she served. They may have helped her in her endeavor, but she was constantly not only making sure that she was supplying the needs for her household, but she was taking care of the people that were ministering to her family with her. And so when we look at that spectrum, I always tell people, please don't look at the Proverbs 31 as a to-do list because otherwise you'll never sleep, first of all. And so you'll die in a couple of months. But if we look at it as a character study of what does this tell us about the kind of woman that she is? What does this tell us about her work ethic? What does this tell us about her priorities? We see that she always took care of her home, but she was always going out and serving her family to the glory of God because he, her husband was known in the gates. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a, it's so much easier for us to go to extremes and to compartmentalize. It's, much harder for us to think of no matter where I am, I'm surrendered to Jesus. But that's genuinely what we see in the Proverbs 31 woman is she's the same woman wherever she is. If she's at home, she's serving. If she's in the marketplace, she's serving. If she's in the vineyard making a purchase, she's being a smart and a good steward. And so rather than compartmentalizing and figure out, you know, what does this mean for all women? What does this mean for, what if we just understood that God made us in his image and gives us all different assignments in different seasons. And he has put the Holy spirit inside of us to guide us. 
and to correct us and to convict us and to encourage us and to power us and to strengthen us to where we can understand that if we stay in step with his spirit, we don't step outside of bounds. And so it doesn't, I don't think that it necessarily looks like good Christian women, their lives all look like this. I think there are incredible Christian women that are stay-at-home moms. Mm -hmm. I think there are incredible Christian women that are in corporate executive offices. I think there are incredible Christian women that are serving in nonprofits and cubicles and work-from-home businesses and network marketing. And that is what the gospel is supposed to look like, is God needs his believers all over the place telling people about him. And so... I don't really think that it's an either or or a this and it is an understanding that God gives different assignments to his children and it won't look the same for all of us in terms of what we do, but the way we work and how we behave and how we carry ourselves and the point of our work is what is the same. Yeah. And we are, I mean, we say this to our kids, you're uniquely made by God for this. It's the same thing for us. So why would we ever think that your life and my life and this person's life as a woman and a mom and a follower of Jesus would look exactly the same because they can't because the body of Christ would not work then if we were all doing exactly the same thing. So when we're saying, what does the Bible say about this? The Bible says, follow God on what he's called you to do. And that's that's it. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing in whatever he has gifted you in. Mm-hmm. And it's not one size fits all. We talk about this a lot because we have moms come and say, well, how do I do this? Well, your situation is different than everybody else's. There's no one size fits all, but there is one size of walking in step with Jesus and, mm-hmm. and following the spirit and what they've called, what the spirit has called you to do for God. And that's really the only place we can start and say, we're all on the same page here because from there he calls us in different places and it wouldn't work otherwise. So, so Michelle, you started off with two boys and now have a little girl. Talk to us about the example you want to set for her. I mean, there are always sacrifices that have to be made to pursue God's calling for our lives, right? Some moms feel called to sacrifice their careers to be at home with their children Other moms feel called to sacrifice certain things at home to follow God. Which one's right? And how could sacrifice required to pursue ministry and motherhood, like both, provide the best example for our daughters to follow? We're really saying, like, there is no right thing. We already talked about that. But what about your example for her? And what is it showing, you know, what is it showing her that you want to lead her in that direction? I want her to see a mom who is passionate about serving and the message and the mission of Jesus Christ. I don't want her to see a mom that is caught up in appearances or a certain position or a certain title, because I think what I would tell you is anything that God has called you to do, you can do it right now and you don't need a title or a position to do it. And if it is important to you to have the title or the position there's a problem. And so don't make it about what it's not about. If you feel called to teach the Bible, teach the Bible. Even if you're teaching the Bible to your two kids that are at home or teach five women around your living room once a week. If you are called to teach, teach. 
and don't get caught up in what it is called. Get caught up in the work. I want her to see a mom that is caught up in the work and is not worried about what are other people saying? What are other people thinking? What could I do? What should I do? What will I do? But is in the moment, in the grind, in the daily, not wanting the glory and just making it about the mission of Jesus, no matter what. That's what I want her to see. Okay. That'll preach. That's great. <laughs> That's fantastic. I got a little fired up there. I'm sorry. You did. It's okay. It's all right. We like that. Um, I think that's so important is that we, we want our kids, you know, ultimately my one goal as a mother, even though I don't have girls in my home with my own boys, I just want them to see what a mom who loves Jesus looks like. I just want them to see what it is to follow Jesus with whatever I have and whatever I've been given, no matter if it's here in our home or in our church or in our community or on Instagram or wherever else that the Lord might give me influence. I just want to steward that well. And I want them to see what it looks like to follow, to be a man or a woman after the heart of God. That's what David was. I used to think that, that the fact that the Bible says that he was after it kind of meant like, um, you know, he came, he came after like a position, but really what that means is, he was pursuing him. He was chasing. after the Lord, chasing after him. That's what I want to show my kids, girl, boy, whatever. That's what I would like for them to see. And I think that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, we had a good conversation the other day, Brooke, about seasons of life and mm-hmm. ministry and motherhood. And I think it's important for us to have like a real discussion here. Um, your Michelle, your kids are a little bit younger than ours. My youngest is seven. And Um, so Brooke and I both have teenagers as well. And we were just talking the other day about how our ministry looked when we started over nine years ago, when they were little and at home a lot and requiring more of our physical attention. And, and, you know, it looked different then. And now that they're in school and a little more independent, it requires a little less physical being there for them and a lot more emotional. And so you might, you know, you know, you might be a little more um, needing to be focused on, you know, how they're acting in things and, and paying attention to what's going on in their lives. But your schedule is filling up a lot too with activities and everything. And I feel like it's important for us to talk about and just say that our season of life is going to not going to be the same as someone mm-hmm. else's. We can be looking at um, another woman in Christian ministry that is traveling every weekend to speak and loving that. And she's still taking care of her family and stuff, but it's okay to be gone on the weekends and things are working well there. And it's okay for you to not be in that place. And that doesn't mean that you're not serving and being a good mom. Like you have to feel that call from God in that season of life and it will change. It Mm -hmm. won't be the same throughout, you know, like talking to We've talked to women that have everything from newborns to their empty nesters on Mm -hmm. our podcast here. And it sounds very, very different what ministry and motherhood looks like to them in each season. So I just want to say that as an encouragement that if you're like, oh, Brooke and Aaron have a podcast and Michelle has, you know, this business where she's doing this, like your season and your activities for your family and all of that also are a part of your ministry and, and how is God is calling you to that. And he's not telling you drop it all. So it'll look like this. And he may be saying, I have this vision for you for ministry and 
It may be for a few years from now down the road. Maybe it's not for right now. I was really encouraged to hear your story because mine's complete opposite. I knew from like when I was five that I wanted to be a mom. Now, I didn't know how hard it was going to be. <laughs> that, that kind of threw me for a loop. But I didn't feel a call to ministry until after I had had kids. Like that was not on my heart at all. I was a teacher and um, I didn't become a Christian until I was in college. And so my life was completely flipped around. And that's just mm -hmm. another example of how ministry and motherhood don't always come together in the same way. It's not someone that it's not always someone that's been called since they were a teenager to be in ministry and then motherhood got put on there. I felt like I was called since I was five to be a mom and then ministry got added on later. It's okay for it to all look different and you have to be finding your own way as long as you're following Jesus. Right. And let me take you a brief look on what my journey actually looked like. Yeah. I took a job after college in pharmaceutical sales and was working in pharmaceutical sales and was loving it, honestly, but felt super disobedient because I knew that I was supposed to be playing more of a role in ministry. And so I started on the side being a volunteer ministry leader for the student ministry at my church. And through that, discovered this is what I'm called to. I want to know how to do this better. There's a lot in the Bible that I don't understand. I want to understand and I want to study. So I left my job, my good paying job that people would want right out of college and went to seminary to learn more about God's word because I wanted to take the time to actually be able to dig deep. I'm not saying that you need a seminary degree to be in ministry. It was the path that I felt called to. So I went to seminary. That's where I met my husband. I was working at a church while I was in school. He also got hired at the same church. And so I was in girls ministry. He was in college ministry. And I was trying to be his female counterpart in ministry while also doing my job. It did not work. We were engaged to be married. We were trying to do ministry together. And I was super frustrated because here I am over halfway into my degree. And I'm like, it, this is not going to work to work in ministry and to have a husband in ministry. And so I stepped down, partnered with him in ministry, took a secular job because we still had bills to pay, finished my degree through the course of my degree, figured out. I, I want to be a mom and I feel called that I want to be able to stay at home and have a little bit more flexibility. So I started a job in network marketing. Tell me who goes to seminary to end up <laughs> in direct sales. Girl, okay. You, you and I could talk long and hard about that yeah. on a whole nother okay. show, but I get okay. you. <laughs> okay. So that is where I, I started. And throughout the process of building an at-home business and seeing the rise of Christian women entering back into the workforce because of the internet mm -hmm. is when God brought in She Works His Way, which I never intended to be a ministry. It just was what I needed. It was a conversation I needed to have as part of my everyday. And then get this, when we have my third, my little girl is born, my husband steps down from his role as a pastor because she works his way as growing. And I need him to help me. And so he steps down and just recently stepped back into ministry in the last four months. 
And so straight line people (laughs) like this is the path that I've been on. That is a never the path that I would have written B not the path that anybody understood. Tell me how well received you think my network marketing business was when I was in seminary. Mm -mm. (laughs) Right. Mm -mm. (laughs) Nobody understood that. I didn't understand it. I couldn't explain it to them. But looking back, I see all the ways that God was working. And if I had refused obedience at any step, I don't know what I would have missed, but seeing what God has done and the spectrum of it, I'm like, I get it. I get it now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I think that I would just encourage you because I think it is easy to think that there's a natural progression, but my husband and I have both taken a back seat to the other one in our careers at different points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God was not limited by that. Yeah. I think, I think the point here is that figuring out the intersection of ministry and motherhood is messy and mm-hmm. it's, it's not, a, there's no formula for it. It's like, we're all just figuring it out and God's revealing the next step along the way. And we just trust and well, and, but it's messy. It is and messy. You, and your path is not her path. And so right. don't look at her path to think about yeah. what your path is supposed to look like. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so true. So we, we've got to, we, we have, I'm reading, um, Anne Graham Watts's book, Jesus in me, which is all about the Holy spirit. And it's really just this understanding that that is what the Holy spirit is, is, Jesus in me. I have access to to Jesus as I am living my daily life. And so we've got to walk in that power and not neglect that or use it as a if all else fails and I can't figure it out on my own, then I'll go to God. But an understanding of I am coming to you for every single step. Mm-hmm. I want you to direct and guide every step. Yeah, I've had a lot of moms over the course of my of my ministry career come to me and say, "How do I like for example, how do I publish a book, right? H- how do I how do I get on the radar of publishers? How do I what are the steps that I need to take to do that?" And God taught me in a very humbling way that the very best most important thing you can do if you want to serve the Lord is just to serve him. And instead of striving to reach any specific goal that you might have for yourself that equals success, because in my mind, getting to, you know, years ago, in my mind, having the opportunity to write a book was success. That was the the ultimate success in my mind. And God stripped me of that for several years and taught me to just follow him in what I was called to do. And that as I did that, he would bring me the right opportunities. If we're just faithful, if we're just faithful with what we know God has called us to do, whatever that is, no matter how big or how small, God will bring us the opportunities that he wants us to have in the right timing. And I speak from experience that we don't want the experiences to come to us outside of his timing. We don't want them that way. Well, and you can even back that up a little bit to understand that if you want a specific assignment from God, if you are like, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do in ministry. I'm not, I haven't found my sweet spot yet. The general call is where you start Mm -hmm. that go and make disciples. I have never gotten a specific assignment when I wasn't involved in the general work of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so it does not have to look strategic to what you think you should be doing. Eventually, if you start actively pursuing the general call that God has on all believers, 
that is when specific calls follow. Yeah, that's such a good word. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about Jim Elliott, Jim and Elizabeth Elliott, and how um, in today's world, it seems as if there are a lot of popular Christian celebrities that just happen. Um, They just you know, something goes viral. It doesn't mean they're not putting any, any work into things. I'm not trying to, cause, cause we all know how much work goes into to what we get to do, but they just kind of happen sometimes. And I think that as you look at, for example, the diaries of Jim Elliott, I read those a couple years ago and, and they're just profound, but I don't think that Jim Elliott wrote those with them in te- with the intention of them being published. Mm-hmm. I think he wrote them because it was his heart to do so. And he was passionate about following the Lord. And the reason that his words mean so much to us now is because he died in the act of serving the Lord. He, he, he gave the ultimate sacrifice and, and gave his entire life to just serving where God had called him to serve. He didn't do it. To, to get any kind of reward. He didn't do it with the hope that he would get published one day. Um, I'm certain that his wife did, did not, you know, anticipate that coming, although they certainly knew that it, you know, they were in a dangerous situation. But I think we forget sometimes that he is such a great example mm-hmm. of just get out there and do the work. Mm-hmm. Don't worry who sees it. Don't worry what, what it's going to bring you. Get out there and do the work of the gospel, mm-hmm. and then God will bring you whatever opportunities he wants you to have that will be, a, be much more about making his name great than they are making your name great. Mm-hmm. Um, just a great example of, of, I think, what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle, the focus of our ministry here at, at Million Pray Moms is to help parents make prayer their first and best response to the challenges of parenting. It's not a, a last resort. Mm. God has given it to us as our first and best response. Can you list a few things you think moms need to be praying about or for as, as they're trying to just stay on mission as moms or even just as women of God? So specifically in daughters? Mm-hmm. So I think I always pray that Shay will find her identity and worth in Christ first. I have prayed that since while she was in my belly because I realized that there is a fight for her identity to be in anything else. But there was nothing else that she was created for. And so if she gives in to any of the lesser things, it will never satisfy. It will only amplify the fact that she's not living for her created purpose. And so I always want her to find her identity in Christ. The second thing is that I pray that she will pursue humility and the work of the Lord, because humility is one of those things that we, you know, it's like this thing that we talk about, but anytime in scripture, when we talk about humility, it it doesn't tell us pray to be humble. It says to pursue humility. There is an action that goes with it. And so I want her to pursue humility as she grows. And there's ways to do that as she is growing. You know, she's three. And so I'm real new to this girl mom thing and loving it. And it is so different. 
we, we do a lot of things in my household that we did not do three years ago. We have tea parties and we change <laughs> outfits like six times a day. And it is, that's very different. It is very different. Um, now the difference is she has brothers and so she's very nurturing, but they're not dolls. They're like Avengers action figures. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's unique and she's always wearing a tutu, but she's okay with getting it dirty. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. Um, but I want her to find those ways because I just see pride being such a stumbling block for adults. And so I want humility to be a part of who she is from a young age to where the pursuit of humility is not something that she has to relearn later. It is something that is ingrained in her. And then I also want talking about spiritual things to be a part of the norm for her. I yeah. don't want that to be something that is done at church. I want that to be a, this is what we talk about because ultimately this is what matters. And so I try, I, sometimes I'll even, the rational side of my brain will be like, this is over her head. And I'm like, she gets more of it that she, than she doesn't. And at least when she can get it, it won't be the first time she's heard it. Mm -hmm. And so I spiritually have talked over my kids' heads their whole life. I still talk spiritually over their heads and they get more of it than I, I, let me put it this way. I think I am talking spiritually over their heads, but then when I hear my oldest giving his younger brother a sermon, I realize he's grasping more of it than I thought. Yeah. And especially in moments like that faith, like a child, when it comes out to where there have been, you know, when we lost my husband's dad several years ago, my oldest son pastured our whole family through that process. He had so much faith and it was just such a ministry to all of us that he had such a peace that we could only say is from God because no five-year-old should be that calm about losing a grandparent. But he just had the peace of God and the presence of mind that God used him to minister to our whole family. And so those are the main things that I'm praying right now. And then the last thing that I would say is I pray for each of my kids very specifically. You all know that your kids are unique and they have different strengths and they have different weaknesses. And so there are different scriptures that I know that address their strengths and address their weaknesses. And I pray specifically over them that God will take those strengths and that he will use them for their, his you know, his glory. And then I pray over those weaknesses that God will use those weaknesses because we like to minimize our weaknesses, but God says, boast in your weaknesses because then I get glory in them. And so our weaknesses can have spiritual strengths if we will allow our kids to understand and be okay with the fact that they're not great at everything Amen. and that God can use that. And so I, I boast in their strengths and I, remind them of their weaknesses, but I don't end the weaknesses in a gloom standpoint. It's an understanding that if we give this weakness and we give this strength back to God, he can do so much more with it than we can. And so talk to your kids, not limiting them in what you see that they can do, because I can tell you that my parents would have never said that I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. Um, and so I, I know that God doesn't have limits, but when I see them doing something really great, I want to affirm them. When I see them doing something I also that's not so great, I want to exercise that caution and remind them 
who's in control of that weakness if they'll submit it over to God. You can't, you might not be able to do this in your own power, but if you'll pray about this weakness, God can overcome. Mommy has seen it in her own life many times. Right, right. I love that. I'm just thinking as you're talking earlier, um, earlier and here at the end about the whole Deuteronomy, the whole life of like, it's not limited to church. It's like, as you're getting up and lying down and eating dinner and, you know, all of this about making um, God's word. And like you said, those spiritual discussions, a part of normal life, like that is a ministry in and of itself is mm-hmm. like, this is ministering to your family. You're serving your family by putting God's word right in front of them. And like, you know, showing them this is life. This is everything to us. It's as we go, like you said, it's, yeah. it's doing life with Jesus at the center of it. And that's, that's the best way to do it. We all know that Michelle, we are so thankful for your perspective and your wisdom in this area. And we are so glad that you could join us today. Tell our listeners where they can learn more about you and about your ministry. Absolutely. So the best place to go is sheworkshisway.com. And in the top right hand corner, you'll see an option. If you know that we're your people, go ahead and click the join button. We make it our goal to be your best work expense every single month. We do not take that responsibility lightly. We also don't call it a community because we think it's cute. It's real. We know each other. We pray for each other. We do life together. And that we, we see community becoming a thing that everybody wants, but people don't pursue. And so it is, it is a two way thing. But if you are looking for a tribe of women to come alongside you in your work life that are going to help you maintain a priority driven goal set within your work, where your people, you can also watch a free class if you would like to test it out to be able to see what it's like to where you can really get an understanding. It is one of our mastermind classes. And the thing that I love about that class is that the questions come straight from our members. So you not only get to see those of us who are working inside the ministry, but you get to see the hearts of the women who are gathered in the community by the questions that they ask. And there's not a single month that we don't come to that class where I don't walk away going, I am so glad that these are the women that I am friends with. And these are the conversations that we get to have because it's not fluffy. It is truly the real raw conversations that we need to be having that don't just center around head knowledge. It's, this is what we know. And so because we know this, then how does that change what we do? Mm-hmm. Because it's got to be a theology that stays in your head that go, that doesn't get here. It's just going to get puffed up to pride. And if it doesn't reach your hands, then it's not serving the purpose because each of us were given gifts as stewards of God's grace to serve one another. That's first Peter four ten and what it says. And so we want to be able to live that out. Awesome. We love that so much. That's it for today, friends. As always, you can find any specifics from our show in our show notes at millionpraymoms.com, including all of this great information that Michelle shared with us today. Tune in next week for another episode of the million praying moms podcast. There's nothing in this world that he cannot do. If we truly allow his love. We can do nothing without him. Anything that we do apart from him is not something that's permanent. We all need his grace. That's everybody. We are all broken people yes. on our way to a place that we believe is, is waiting on us in heaven.
You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com. In Christ, we are all one family. Amen.